This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, ideas, and opinions about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today's topic is going to be musical comedy. Dun, 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 punchline. Is that what it is? What? I don't, I've never done. Have you ever tried doing musical comedy? No, I have not. I have not. Actually, I have. I'm lying. I have, yeah. I remember in one of the first bars that we did English comedy here, Mm -hmm. there was a guitar on the wall. There -hmm. was always an acoustic guitar hanging on the wall in kind of on the stage, basically next to the stage. And I remember, I don't, I'm not sure because it was approximately six, seven years ago. I'm not sure was it planned or improvised. Maybe I came up with this, you know, on the way to the bar, maybe I came up with this while another comic was on stage. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just went on stage and picked up that guitar. I'm not sure now because I genuinely can't remember. But the bit was, I went on stage, I sat down on the bar stool. Well, I picked up the guitar. Yeah. So that, just a little bit of inf- crucial information. I cannot play the guitar oh, or okay. sing. I have zero musical talent. Yeah, well, I think that's I have, obvious. I think I have some musical talent, but <laughs> I never pursued it. So I don't, I have never learned how to play any instruments or anything. Right. So I pick up the guitar. I sit down on a bar stool. I kind of like pre- pretend I'm tuning it for like one minute and I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Just kind of uh, twanging keep, and turning knobs. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just like uh, strum. Hit, strum it, like pretend to hit a chord or something. And I start like this kind of strumming the guitar with no absolute like melody or anything and singing like if i could sing i wouldn't be doing stand up that's it and that oh, was okay. the end of the song uh basically that that was the joke right i obviously can't sing and if i would i would get all that attention and women and fame and money through that not through telling some silly little jokes on stage got it and that was my only foyer into musical comedy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right fair enough uh yeah no i've never actually even tried it uh but i have been a big fan of it at times depending on who's doing it i gotta say one of the probably the first sort of uh in the first group of like comedians that i started listening to and really liking was um doug anthony all-stars uh d-a-a-s from australia uh three guys uh oh god what are their names there was uh ah, totally forgot uh richard the sure. Tim, Mitch, and something else. Anyway, uh, the point is, but that were really funny. But and they also had songs about, like, just r- inappropriate things. They had jokes about uh, the fire in Waco and stuff, and all this sort of like you know things. Uh, they they sang songs about necrophilia, bestiality, S and M, all this sort of stuff. But in a really happy, jaunty sort of things. Joan of Arc. Uh, they had a song about Joan of Arc, which turned really sexual towards the end of it. Uh, it just really messed up. Absolutely brilliant loved it they were absolutely amazing at it and they had like that banter on stage of like three guys who hated each other or like they had to work together but they had obviously their problems like one of them was the idiot the other one was excessively aggressive the other one thought he was the pretty boy and they were all making fun of each other and hitting it and it was all scripted but it was just brilliantly done and even to this day I actually use one of their bits uh when i'm hosting some shows depending uh, and, I, and I give them full credit. I'm like, this is not my bit. This is by Doug Anthony Allsides, where I do the uh, uh, the the moral uh, judgment sort of thing, where I do a bit where it's like you're walking along the path, you see a bird with a broken wing, and, and it's a beautiful summer today. And you know, what do you just do? You have on you 
a hammer and it then proceeds on. And basically by the end, how people laugh, you just base your moral judgment about like, okay, this is the type of jokes we can make because eventually it gets very, very dark. So they do very dark, dark comedy. Eventually gets dark. The first question you ask <laughs> is like, you see, you see a hurt bird. Do you s- smack it with a hammer? Exactly. And, and then it gets it, darker. And, and, and then eventually it gets dark. Oh, oh, it gets a lot darker. And that's the best part of that is so inappropriate it just makes you go oh dear lord but it's done with such a fun atmosphere so and doug anthony all says yeah there's songs i, I still have them to this day i have like an out the doug anthony all starts album from that show on my phone and every so often i will listen to it from from front to back even though i can't see it visual just the songs are hilarious and they've, they're catchy i think my first uh, experience with musical comedy came through youtube mm-hmm. basically i think it was the time of Lonely Island, oh. dropping their kind of jizz in my pants and those kind of hits. And maybe before that, even Bo Burnham's songs that he made like in his room, yeah. which was like the attic of his house. And he was maybe like 16. Right. And he had like a synthesizer keyboard yeah. Yeah. and a guitar. Mm-hmm. And he would write and, and uh, perform these songs yeah. on like a camcorder he would record himself with and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Really, he was a kid back then and like yeah. kind of he had, uh, but already had like, I think hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views gradually, of course. Yeah, yeah. And around that time, I think I also found Dimitri Martin, ah. who is a one-liner comedian mostly, yeah. but he does a lot of kind of what he calls jokes with a guitar or something like this, yeah, where right, he just right. plays the guitar in the background and tells his one-liners. Yeah, and I yeah. think it also kind of works as this, uh, let's say, some kind of atmosphere-building mm-hmm. instrument for that type of, like, you know, deadpan one-liner delivery. Yeah, And yeah. I think this was my first contact with musical comedy. And I would say that to this day, I still enjoy all three of these. Like, Same, Lonely yeah. Island kind of stopped doing stuff they released three albums i think and they at one point became like really popular and commercial on youtube at least and of course andy samberg built a huge acting career and tv career uh, on the back of all of that plus snl and everything bo burnham became Mm. huge especially his last two netflix specials yeah the covid one and stuff yeah yeah, that one especially and uh, dimitri martin never i think he's, he's an of- old comic like he's he's got his his click he's got his niche yeah i think yeah. that guy's just it's one of those yeah as an alternative comic that the thing is you don't go mainstream but you find your niche and sometimes your niche can last you a lot longer than oh, mainstream and, and another youtube youtube guy that kind of disappeared after that and then showed up maybe a year ago or something during Re-emerged. the pandemic yeah was uh john lajoie I, pr- I think that's how it's pronounced because no he's like idea. what the he, hell you're talking about he's there, french but... canadian I, I think if i do tell you some songs uh-huh. maybe then you will know maybe not maybe I you were at that so. point too old for that okay but, give me hit me but, hit me but, sing it sing but, a song. Sing will, but wait for it even like recently i put on a playlist i think on youtube or somewhere mm-hmm. it was a playlist of greatest 2000s hits uh-huh. And you got your like Shakira's, Rihanna's, Beyonce's, yeah. Lady Gaga's, I don't know, Usher's, Eminem's and stuff on there. And John LaJoie, <laughs> this like just random comedy rap shit, right? And uh, maybe you know the songs. So he was MC Vagina. That was one of his characters. Can you sing a vagina, bit Vagina, Vagina. I want to put my dick in your vagina. Oh my Something God. Like no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so- do you know Everyday Normal Guy? 
I'm mm. just an everyday, usual, normal guy or whatever it went, something like this, uh-huh. where he's like just kind of, he's rapping, mm-hmm. but he's like rapping about just normal things. Like, and when I come home, first thing I take off are the socks. And then my boss calls me and I'm like, I didn't do the thing I should have done for tomorrow. And then I, he's just like kind of everyday, normal guy, right. but he's like rapping aggressively about it. Right, uh, right. And then this like MC Vagina character, he's just like disrespecting women. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the character and he's in a funny way. And he had a bunch of like songs and clips on youtube and it was pretty pretty good and he disappeared then yeah. he reemerged recently okay. but yeah i don't think he ever took it commercially i think he has some yeah. like normal job and stuff but he was one of those youtube content makers back in 2010 maybe all right so he made like a name for himself then he disappeared for and he's come back yeah but still is he's kind of a youtube yeah. thing it never went further than that okay uh, unlike some of course like musical comedians who sold out huge, huge kind of theaters and, and yeah. stages like Dimension mm. with an actual orchestra. Gonna, yeah, he was going to mention, like, he was one of the ones that I watched. You I were like, going to mention? God, he's, yeah. What? You were going to mention, yeah. Yeah, I was going to mention Minchin. Yeah. 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 You always going to mention Minchin. It's, you know, it's one of those things. But yeah, no, Tim mentioned like, he, and the thing is interesting because I like reading, like, he's been doing some acting since, and he's actually recently, he's just released a proper album, like not comedy, like a real album. Because the whole thing was he really wanted to do just normal music. He just fell into the whole comedy circuit thing because it was kind of, I think it was his way. I think it was his way of like being able to kind of express his ideas, his ideologies, his beliefs and things in in a funny song. And I loved it. Like, but he has some like serious, beautiful songs. Like for me, every Christmas, I always like to listen to White Wine in the Sun because it's, it's a very typical, it's a, not a comedy song. It's a beautiful song that he's writing. He's written about for his daughter for future basically expressing that she'll always have the family home for Christmas, uh, but an Australian-style Christmas where it's in summer, you drink white wine in the sun sort of thing, like all the women drink like this chilled white wine, guys are drinking beer or whatever or your own wine. And, you know, it's this very Australian summer Christmas that we have, which is, I think, absolutely brilliant, by the way. Um, now that I've experienced I like winter Christmas, wholeheartedly agree. disagree. Right. Well, I've experienced the winter Christmas. I get the appeal and I do, yes, it's cozy, it's nice, but I still love the Australian Christmas a lot more. I just like the whole like being able to go to the beach and and, and the best thing about it. And I'm I'm saying this as someone who expects to one day become a father, to have a child, and be able to give that child their Christmas presents. Things like a super soaker or a, a bicycle or uh, maybe some sort of rollerblades or something like that. Being able to give it to the kid and say, now get the fuck out of the house and leave mommy and daddy to drink their wine and their beer and you play with the other kids and just leave us alone for the rest. And you sit and talk to the other parents in your neighborhood or whatever, but the kids are off doing their own thing and you finally get some peace and quiet from them because you gave them a toy that will entertain them for the next few weeks during the summer holidays and they will be in the backyard and you just don't have to deal with them. Well, something similar happens in Croatia as well, but mostly kids get like firecrackers and fireworks. And yeah, but that only lasts like 10 minutes and then they're done and they're well, back inside the house de- pestering you. De- depends how much you buy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you can also buy like... He's, here's a barrel of TNT. You know, like uh, ice skates, uh, sleds, Yeah, whatever. but they get it's cold like, and stuff. And that, you see, with the Christmas, you don't have to worry about em. catching colds and you don't have to worry about them Yeah, but it's sick. Australia. You can worry about them catching spiders and venomous <laughs> snakes and shit uh, well, uh, one less you know it's quick it's easy it's done but, you know 20 minutes you don't have kids but um, <laughs> yeah but, is- to, but to go about sorry uh so tim mentioned absolutely love his stuff 
And I love his like, you know, it's very intellectual sort of humor. And that's what I also like. Uh, very different comedy. Like Doug Anthony also has this very crass. It's very shock value. It's But it's very funny. And then you have Tim Mitchell, much more intellectual, much more like, you know, questioning things or or making fun of ideology, stuff like that. Um, but to go back when you're saying like what you first got into, I would have to say the first, the first music comedy or comedy music would have to be Weird Al Yankovic. Which, who, by the way, is having a movie made about him and playing Weird Al Yankovic, if I recall correctly, is Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> this, I don't know. I, in my head, I, I've heard of the movie. And in my head, I think it was James Franco. But I'm not sure why it came to my mind that it's James Franco playing him. I think it's... Well, uh, listeners, if you are uh, listening and you have an opinion, please put it into our Instagram, our Twitter, or our Facebook. Who should play Weird Al? Oh, who is actually playing Weird Al? Because I'm way too lazy to actually look this up on the uh, on the old Google. On so, the good old internet. Yeah, the good old internet. Oh, the internet. But nonetheless, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Daniel Radcliffe though. Because I remember thinking like, what? No, Maybe. he doesn't have the face. It's the wrong shape. What the hell? It is the wrong like, shape. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, actually, I like, I really, really like Daniel Radcliffe as a comedic actor. I've been watching him in, what is it, Miracle Workers and things. He is great. I'm actually really enjoying him. I want to watch the movie where he plays a corpse. I uh, really want to watch that film. But I, I've i actually really enjoyed it more than the Harry Potter shit. I'm just like, whatever, boy, where's it? Who cares? As a comedic actor, I love this guy. <laughs> like, he is great. So, um, yeah, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Hugh Grant sort of style, like a bit bumbly, but not annoying as... Hugh Grant. So actually, I would say even better. Not, uh, not, and not, Hugh Grant, oddly enough, has become actually a proper actor in the sense of really playing quite, not playing the bumbly with like the gentleman and things like that. I was like, that's Hugh Grant? No way. And then the one where he played where he was the married guy and there was a the dead girl and he did the series and it was a serious one. He played, it was a drama. He was brilliant in that. Amazing. Anyway. Really, really Alien. great, great dramatic actor. Yeah, I saw yeah. him in such uh, heavy movies as uh, Paddington 2. Uh, he was really serious in that he one. He was in that? Yeah. Wow. That, that, might, that might have been the beginning of his... Uh, of his uh, turn maybe but his, his uh, evolution yeah weird al like i was yeah. always aware of him yeah. and i know definitely some of his like parody songs well they're all almost all parody songs no, no, no. actually no 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 that's wrong because he has done like polka songs that are original but they're still comedic well but they're, they're covers the they're like covers of the pop songs but in a polka style but then he also has the parodies where he's like white and nerdy yeah and, and stuff Beat like it, this eat it yeah. Beat it so, became eat it and all that, you know. But uh Nirvana I, smells like teen spirit. He did a parody of that, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did, because I remember Kurt Cobain when people were like, How do you feel like you know, because it was a you know, you're a serious band. He was like, If if you're being parodied by Weird Al Yankovic, that is the tick that's better than getting like, you know, uh, an Academy or, or whatever the what is it, the Grammy called? Grammy. He's like, That's almost better than getting a Grammy. Like if he wants to cover your wants to parody your song, then you know you've written a song that's captured the moment was weird al him. already a thing while kurt cobain was still alive damn man's been around weird, for weird ages Yankovic has been around since the 80s man beat it well yeah by michael that jackson sense. that's like mid early mid 80s yeah, he's been yeah. around for a long time but weird al is actually really old but he looks great for his age i think that's that's where the generation gap between us kicks in a bit because i've never like i've again i've heard his individual songs yeah. but never really listened to like an album or a thing again it was mostly like you catch something on youtube that's a parody of a currently popular song yeah. and stuff like this actually I, I lied when i said about those not lied but i kind of forgot when i talked about the the my first contact with because before that when i was maybe 12 13 my first contact with musical comedy was this uh weird 
Serbian rapper called Voodoo Popeye. <laughs> and he would like make this Thanks rap stuff. songs that were just silly. Mm. Like they weren't even like proper funny, like smart funny as some kind of later, you know, like Lil Dicky, a rapper, but he yeah. would like make what he calls, uh, what he calls like stand up rap, mm -hmm. like a, a, a rap song that's a joke with a punchline, mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, or like uh, Lonely Island or like Bo Burnham would rap sometimes and so on. No, it was just silly. It was kind of like. Oh, I walk down the street and I see a duck, but the duck doesn't see me. And what the fuck? Like, I don't know, this kind of, I mean, it obviously had some punchlines and twists, right. but it was, you know, it was more like goofy and silly than intelligent and, and you know, like yeah. convoluted. But unlike, was, unlike Lonely Island. Yeah, unlike, which is like super. Cerebral. Super, yeah, cerebral. That's the word I, I, was, yeah. I was planning. Jeez. In my pants. Totally yeah. up there. It's like, wow, you just, just blew my sex. mind. I'm on a boat. What? I'm yeah, on a boat. boat. I'm on a boat. Well, that's that's talking about the class structures and the uh, the elitist 1%. Like the whole point of once you make it, you don't care about those below you. And you actually start kind of, well, showing off. You know, you, you start spruiking your own, like, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Obviously, this is about the, the wealth gap between the 1% the and the rest of us. I mean, just it, my, is, it is so just in deep. my pants is also, it's about the gender equality and mm. about the fact that even a pure uh, kind of eye contact or, or a touch yeah. from a woman can make you ejaculate because that's how oppressed men are in society. They they lack that touch and, and feeling, you know? And, and we just don't know how to ask for it. So yes. we end up just jizzing, jizzing in, in our your pants. pants. It's and all really, we should communicate in a much more open and frank way. Like, hey, I would like to jizz in my pants. And then... But not just in my pants. Yeah. That's, you know, mother lover. It's just, you know, I'm a mother lover. You're a mother lover. Mm. We could fuck each other's mothers. You know, it talks about the matriarchy and the role of mothers in society and how we can celebrate Mother's Day not once a year, but by letting our friend fuck our mother, every day can be a Mother's Day. So I would say that it's a very, very subtle, but very heavy political and social commentary. Right, yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, but that's the, that's the thing with, I mean, sometimes it works if you just kind of silly and fun because a lot of their songs yeah. sounded like real good pop songs you yeah. know the production value was high and stuff yeah, yeah. but sometimes I, I like some of these musical comedians because that's uh that's the vessel right that's the platform yeah. they're using but it's i think it's much harder sometimes it's easier but sometimes it's much harder to be really funny if you're using music because then like you know because while, while you're talking you can speed up a bit and come to the punchline before the audience does but when you're singing so mm. sometimes it has to be so well written that you like Bo Burnham, his songs, right? Because he's singing and the punchline still has to be a twist for, and people not to get it from the rhyme. Because yeah. if you see, hear the first bar and yeah, the, yeah. The, the, it ends like, I don't know, food, then and, and the next line cannot be, and they all say that I'm a gay dude or something because you expect it. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that it ha still has to be a, a tricky little kind of um, twist and stuff like this. One person that does this really well, I would say, I wouldn't call him a musical comedian, but he's super, super talented and plays like, I don't know, 50 different instruments and incorporates this in his act a lot is Bill Bailey. 
and I just watched uh, his yeah. latest uh, special. It's on YouTube. It's available on BBC Channel, I think. Yeah. And again, he does a lot of different kinds of, of comedy as well. Not just he doesn't just sing songs, but he does like music. He likes to play music. He has even like bits of his show that are not comedy. It's just mm-hmm. him like doing a solo instrumental or something like this. Yeah. But I would say that he uses that so well and so in such a moderate way that it just complements yeah. his already funny and well-written jokes, mm-hmm. right? It's not like a uh, a crutch. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I appreciate. I don't appreciate though when there is a person just using music as a as a prop, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just there to distract you from how poorly written jokes are. Well, yeah, some people, I've heard of some comedians basically don't like musical comedians because they think it's a bit of a cheat code to a degree. Like you're saying it makes it harder and it requires more talent to do it. But then other comedians will say, well, no, it's easy to get the laugh out of it because you have that natural rhythm. Like we were talking before, like this, the rhythm of how you speak. When you're doing a, a set, you have to find the right rhythm that works for your joke, the right pauses, things like that. Things, music comes with its own set rhythms. It, it's... It's almost like it's uh, it's intuitive and music is a way, and it has, like this is how it evolved. Music evolved as a way of getting communities to work together in unison. You dance together, you play music, you harmonize, your brainwaves join together. Like when people are in a band, uh, science has shown that, you know, their brainwaves become in sync. And this is how like, you know, bands can kind of feel each other. It's the whole, the vibe and stuff like that because they end up getting in sync with one another and they can kind of feel each other's like feelings of momentum. And that's what music can do when used in musical comedies. It gets the audience much quickly, much more quickly engaged in your rhythm, seeing things and feeling it from your, and they generally will go with the flow. And even if they can't kind of predict what's going to come, they will still involuntarily laugh or or even at least get the feel-good emotions from that line, even if they've spotted it beforehand, because it's almost like they're on autopilot and they can't help themselves. You know, they can become in sync with everyone else, like with the comedian and with the rest of the audience. So there is an argument to say that some comedians think it's a bit of a crutch or that it's an easy tool to use. Well, I would say there are definitely advantages to it because when you are at a show mm-hmm. and if it's like a, you know, big stage to fail for example and bill bailey and tim minchin and so on performed with actual orchestras and stuff that then you have that whole other level of you know this is this is some real theater shit it's not just some you know small bar one comic on stage and uh or people like uh adam sandler who released a special on netflix a few years back where he also had like a band on stage playing and so on it's you get that kind of more feeling of this is proper entertainment yeah right and i think it's It's a show yeah and even if it's just a guy with a guitar it's still you're not just a guy with a microphone because pure stand-up is just one person microphone and a stool and and it's very dry and you know you have to fill that whole room that first of all that whole stage and that whole room with energy but here you already have a an instrument like a literal Mm -hmm musical instrument to help you with that because when you're playing anything if it has some rhythm if it has some melody people as you said like vibe you know they yeah. like you know it's all about the vibe man yeah yeah they know their head they're like move a little bit they already you know it helps with that kind of getting the audience going and you have yeah. that you remove that dryness of normal stand-up you lubricate stand-up yeah. if you will but uh i would say that you know i don't think it's it's uh, fair of saying that it's uh that it's a crutch or it's a, you know cheat code because mm-hmm. it only works if it's done properly. 
So if you just kind of come there and tell some shitty jokes with the guitar, it's still you're still gonna bomb. So it's yeah, not really yeah. that by default this will make you a funny comedian. No, no, but the thing is that what they're saying is that some comedians, like for example, a joke that is not wonderful, it's okay, but it's not great. But you add it with like a rhythm, you play the guitar, stuff like that. It can, you, like to say that joke might be a joke that you only get like a third of the time you get laughs out of it, for example, right? The other two thirds people just go, yeah. But if you add music to it, you're going to increase the laugh rate, how often you get the chuckle out of it. Because it's going to be a lot of involuntary chuckles where people just get into that zone and they just laugh because it's expected or they just kind of fall into it. Even though genuinely, if you were to give them the exact same joke without that, without that rhythm, without that you know flow, they would basically be like, no, that that's really lame. That's no. I think it's really puts it, because we're talking here about like, creme de la creme right the, mm. of the musical comedy people like yeah tim minchin people like tim minchin bill bailey bo burnham uh lonely island weird al yeah. people who made careers out of this are famous are yeah. rich and popular yeah. right well known adam sandler not yeah. to mention uh jack black and so on yeah i was about to say tenacious d and, and so, uh flight of the concords you know uh, jermaine clement came out of that um brett mckenzie i think his name didn't quite make it as big but also know that what is it taika watiti's like their friend and he was i think he was involved in actually creating flight of the concords tv series i think or in some way uh, maybe producer or, or, or maybe a writer. I'm not sure. But the whole thing is like, yeah, there's those. The other point I would like to to bring out now, talking about these groups like. Wait, wait, the, wait, wait, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just started. A, so we're talking about. Oh, right, yeah. give, me, give, me, give me a chance to speak my yeah. mind. So we're talking about the best in the industry, right? Yeah. But how it's really, as you said, that if it was that easy, not that easy, but it definitely helps when you have that music, that yeah. rhythm and so like on. Like you said, lubricates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it really it really puts it into perspective when you watch people do musical comedy poorly yeah and i've watched a lot of i kind of stopped recently because it became really 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 bad but for i don't know a period of maybe 10 years i watched every season of uh britain's got talent america's got talent Uh those kind of shows because they were quite entertaining and there were some really good acts especially comedy mm-hmm. and i would always kind of watch it and think oh this is like a good platform I can steal if that I, bit. Yeah, no <laughs> no this is a good if i ever do decide to kind of go big and try yeah. myself on such this is a good platform and i would kind of watch it it was also you know not only comedy but some like magic some this and that like yeah. uh, ventriloquist it was sometimes there were really good acts on it right but there were there, there would be uh from like time to time some musical comedy acts which and really that's their whole shtick the guy can play the guitar like the jokes are just meh like there's nothing there or they come with like a piano or something and they yeah. just accompany their jokes and it just falls flat and they almost never went through yeah. because you, you can see that you know it's just even a, with that crutch it's still yeah wasn't it's enough. just a hail mary like More i'm a, I'm a, I'm a medi- med- mediocre comedian so i brought the loop pedal and yeah. a guitar you know, like it's just, it's just a loop pedal. Oh, okay. Not a lube pedal. No. no, no, that's a, why would you need a pedal for that? Imagine that. Okay, never mind. You need uh, a lot. The pedal helps but, pump co- out more. But trademark, David mm. Minos, we, 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 we will get to like patenting that. Mm. The loop pedal. The lube pedal. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's really, once you see those kind of acts, you really see that it's not all, you know, like, uh, how would you say that? It's not 
I mean, it doesn't work 100%. Like, yeah, just adding a guitar is not, not going to turn e- a shithouse comedian to a brilliant Yeah, comedian. it's not that easy. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, for example, a very basic joke uh, could kind of maybe enhance it, mixed with a bunch of others. Like, you might get a higher laugh rate. Even though it's not great laugh rate, it might increase a little bit. But now the other thing I would like to, to, to bring up, one thing I, I was just thinking about now, actually, when bringing up all these particular group comedians, Lonely Island, uh, but... But more particular, like Flight of the Concords, uh, Doug Anthony All-Stars, uh, Tenacious D, and uh, what was the other one I was thinking of? Oh, Axis of Awesome, uh, and these other ones. One thing I have noticed, they almost all have, like, it's it's not just the jokes, it's not just the song, sorry, that are funny. All of them have a persona. They interact on stage, like even in between, the banter and everything is part of the show. It's not just guys getting up to who are themselves and going, right, okay, we're just going to play some funny songs. Okay, here's song number one. Da, 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 da. Here's a song that we got about, you know, um, that we, we've written about uh, the, the gender pay gap in a funny way. Da, 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 da. And then the joke, no, no, they have like a thing. They have banter, there's scripted dialogue. Each one of them has their own persona, their own character, which is not who they really are in real life. Like it's it's an exaggeration or, or even sometimes absolute, just made up persona. So for example, Doug Anthony All-Stars, Paul McDermott was the angry guy who was like pissed off at the other members of the band and kind of, you felt like he had the biggest ego and that he felt like everyone else was holding him back. You had Richard who was the idiot, who was the moron of the group, who who was like the, the dumb savant who played the guitar. And uh, I've forgotten his name now, but the other one, he was the beautiful, but they all had their personas. They interacted with each other. The other two would gang up on the third guy, make fun of him because he was the idiot. And I've noticed, like, you know, Flight of the Concords, uh, you know, Jermaine and Brett's characters, they have a very distinctive, they had a whole TV show based on it. I'm just wondering, like, is it essential sort of thing? Like, obviously when, yeah, is I've noticed that it's not just, when it comes to a musical band, like Tenacious D as well, it's them, but it's not them, them. It's caricatures, car- caricatures of them. Do you think that's part of it then? Like, as a band, it's not just, it's not just the songs that are comedy. The band is comedic. The band is a joke. I mean, Weird Al is definitely, that's not him. You know what I mean? Like, that's a character. To a degree, yeah, he's an exaggeration. You you see that, you know, like uh, Lonely Island, like Andy Samberg is not Andy Samberg. It's yeah. a, it's a, he, he's playing this, you know, like, I mean, in, in each kind of song. And Andy video, Samberg is also, playing Andy Samberg. Yeah, but he's, he's playing, playing a the, version of him. Yeah, the, 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 you know, they're not, but I think in general. Cry, crass, immature Andy be, Samberg. Because I think in stand-up, in, you know, classic stand-up. Yeah. You also, many, many comics play a character, but, mm. but you're still, you know, you play a down-to-earth character mm. or you play a really, really kind of far-fetched, you know what I mean, like uh, end-of-the-spectrum kind of character. Yeah. So if you are Marcel Lupon and you are like this French person or if you are whatever, like... Uh, what is it, the publican one? Oh God! Republican Alan one? Moore is that his Did name? Did you say Republican one? No, Publican. Oh, <laughs> runs a pub. Uh, the the landlord Publican. Uh, what's his name? British guy. Anyway, he plays like the the guy who runs a pub, and he he always has the beer in his hand, and he talks really loud, and sometimes like some racist stuff and things like. And this is like the guy they ask like, "Do you feel good?" Because he himself is not. He's a very intelligent guy, and he's like, "Well, the way I figure it is, those people really don't realize that I'm playing a character." And they really believe that I actually have these kind of views. It's, Thank you for the money. I've just taken money from you, you it, moron. It's the kind of uh, comic that uh, 
is uh, this uh, but they're, from, they're from, proper characters from from Mrs. Maisel there's this comic who dresses up as a kind yeah. of loud woman from Queens yes. where she's actually a very rich very kind of talented Juilliard actress yes. but she's just playing a character right exactly but uh, this is I think so that's in real, like one extreme in, in real stand-up it really it does exist as well but I think it's either a person being like telling you a real story and they want you to actually you know connect with them on some level to mm. you know uh, or it's really just kind of a clown character, you know, mm-hmm. just an over-exaggerated over. But when it comes to musical comedy, why well, I think many of them, you know, it's really a role they play. It's almost always all. Like, it's with almost groups. Always. With the groups. With I the think, groups, I think, with the individuals, I think it can be a bit more like normal stand-up comedy. Sometimes it's a character, sometimes it's not. But when it comes to the groups, it's scripted down to like the dialogue they have on stage where everything is a character, it's a play. In a way, it's a whole set. I think that's because when you add the music to it and when you add like the lyrics and the beat and the instruments and stuff, it does become more of a show. And you need more of that showmanship. You need more like scripted banter. You need more like... uh, like, uh, But they definitely play characters and they have like these dramas on set and they have like... there's, There's a story going on on stage during the act like with Doug Anthony All-Stars it's about Paul slowly losing his shit with the other members of the band um, and eventually it all comes to this big crescendo at the end where there's a bit of a fisticuffs between them and the whole thing happens and then it all cla- and then finally they come back for the big crescendo of the last song like the song gets ruined just like Paul says they're going to ruin it because they always do it every fucking time and then it finally all collapses and then finally they come back for the big crescendo and then Paul is the one who ruins it like after everything complained but he's the one that loses it and the others are looking at him going you've ruined the song but even the even for example Bo Burnham's last two specials mm. uh, the the one that was that was shot and edited and produced and everything by himself yeah. at home inside was it uh, or something like this during the pandemic mm-hmm. and the one before that uh, as well which was like a big kind of theater stage production they were all you know planned and acted out and rehearsed and everything down to it was a very kind of it was a show yeah it wasn't just stand up it was a show it was very, you know, lights, yeah. camera, smoke, music, everything, everything, everything. And I think if you, again, if you watch uh, Bill Bailey's last show, the mm-hmm. same. Like he has people coming out on stage, like the opera singer comes and joins him for a song. Then people bring him out like this kind of drums, that kind of like instrument. Yeah. It just changes. It's a whole show, like kind of more like in lines of but a when, theater okay, and the or And the way he interacts concert. with them, the way he interacts, for example, the opera singer, is it scripted? Can you tell it's scripted? Or like, is there deliberate jokes and scripted things in between between them? Or is it just, and then he welcomes a opera singer who just joins him? Well, in this case, it's just a guest. So while yeah. he's doing one of his funny songs, yeah, yeah. she's singing the, the, the chorus, I think. Yeah, this, kind this of is what I mean. Like with the group ones, there's actually that band. It's scripted. Like when they go on the stage, off the stage, everything is scripted to the last. Like even to when they're hitting each other, it's all part of the plan. Like as in, it's, it's a play. That, I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. It's, it's yeah. like they, they play characters like in a play. They have their script, they have their dialogue, and they have the songs that it just happened to fit because it helps them fit the songs and all of them connect in that way. I would say it's also because that kind of comedy has much, much bigger potential of actually becoming musical like theater. A, a theater yeah. or even better, a TV show or even better, a movie. Actually, Doug Anthony also did become a TV show. It was a TV show for a bit. That's, yes. that's where, like, you know, Tenacious D comes in that's yeah. where adam Flight sandler's the some of their his movies feature him like singing yeah. and being this kind of uh that's where wedding singer Lo- lonely Literally. island like pop star 
is a whole movie. Really? I have not seen that. You haven't seen Popstar? No. Oh never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, it's oh. a whole movie about Adam Sandler being a pop star. Wait, no, sorry, thought... Andy Samberg, sorry. Right, okay. It's a whole movie about Andy Samberg being a pop star. Yeah. And it's a bunch of just funny songs in that movie that they wrote and produced as, as Lonely Island. But they, they made a big, big budget movie yeah. where he's doing that. And uh, yeah, so I'm, Jack Black, in many of his movies, he's a school of rock yeah. and stuff like this. He's playing instruments. He's doing these funny little songs. So yeah, it's, it's a much better platform to get you yeah. know some and kind Flight of the concourse the whole tv series was based around there so they were the struggling musicians who wanted to make it big in in commas. but yeah no I, I see what you mean yeah so yeah. i think because of it it has again that higher showmanship value production mm-hmm. value play value it's easier to transform onto like small or big screen and then maybe cash in if it's just a guy doing stand-up then it can become at best a stand-up special. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I think once you get, especially into the group element, I think it stops being stand-up as such and becomes more theatre. Comical theatre, comedy yeah, theatre. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely kind of, I think the, the, more, the more people get involved, the further away from just stand-up it becomes. I think you can have like, for example, Dimitri Martin still doing stand-up, but with a guitar. Yeah. Right. Then you're going up to like next level where, you know, you, I think the more you progress, you're then going like Steve Martin also did the same sort of thing. You have like these comedians stand up, but doing little musical bits every so often. Sam Rhodes, our friend, you know, he does that as well. Like, you know, he mixes in music with his normal stand up. Then you start moving along and you get your people more like Tim Minchin, where it starts becoming more theatrical. They're still stand up in his bits, but all of a sudden it's going more to the stage production side of things. It's going more to the, the theatrical side of things. And eventually you do end up, especially with groups, I think because of the scripted nature of it, it definitely starts becoming more like a play. Yeah. So I would say that. Still comedy. Still Don't comedy. Be wrong. Like yeah. I'm not saying it, it it devalues it in any way whatsoever. Oh no, love the stuff. Can't get enough of it. Now I want to watch Popstar so badly. Yeah, definitely watch it. I mean, it's a it's a little bit the problem with that movie is that when it came out, it was already ten years too late for it. Uh, like if it yeah. came if it came out in like 2006, I think that movie would be huge because. In, it was it was really a movie for that kind of era for the yeah. you know American Pie style of movies yeah, yeah. just you know or, or whatever like the Adam Sandler kind of, kind yeah, of movies yeah. where it's like I fart you hit your head and it's funny you mm. know what I mean that kind of I I mean it's, wow it's, reducing Adam Sandler to 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 that all right that that is what he is but uh, yeah so I think it came maybe not ten but like five years too late and I mm. think some kind of jokes and references were a little bit outdated but still I think it's a it, it, it's a kind of you know, it went under the radar, but I think it's an undiscovered gem in uh, this kind of, cool. if you just want a, you know, not deep, not heavy, just kind of on the surface, simple and funny movie. Yeah. It's really good in that regard. And the songs are pretty funny and, and you know, kind of memorable and catchy and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, one thing I think maybe to to wrap up this topic, if we talk about just purely maybe stand up mm. or Comedy, in a sense of you know, comedy is a very broad term. You know, yeah. like a uh, police academy. It's a comedy. It's it's a movie, but it's a yeah. comedy movie. Uh, theater, improv, all bunch of stuff like you know those funny songs, f- comedy yeah. rap, like Lil Dicky is is comedy. But if we talk about stand up and musical stand up comedy, mm-hmm. right? I think there was a very big kind of maybe rise mm-hmm. in. I don't know, was it demand or supply? Like, did people want it and it then appeared or did it just appear by itself and then people kind of started consuming it? But I would say maybe 10 years ago or something, I would see a lot of kind of 
comics that come out with guitars, with keyboards, with something like this. But now I see it really less and less. And I think out of the Netflix specials or something that came out in the last two years, one or two maybe feature some music yeah. in them. And it seems like it's not that popular anymore. But I always thought that, you know, if you can properly merge those two things, yeah. do it. I don't think it's some kind of hack or a cheat code. I think if you can play an instrument yeah. and you can smartly write lyrics that are also a bit, right? That also have like setup and punchline and that twist and the shock and surprise and will get people laughing. Perfect. Yeah. I always enjoyed it. But if you're going to do it properly, yeah. if you're just going to do it because, you know, you're, you are afraid to stand there by yourself with a microphone, so you bring a guitar, then maybe better don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you with the whole thing. If you can, why not? I mean, incorporate, try it out. And it doesn't have to be your main thing. Like we were discussing, like some people, it was just something they incorporated. Sorry, Dimitri Martin, Steve Martin, uh, Sam Rhodes, you know, all these guys who they just occasionally will just throw in a bit. It doesn't have to be the main set. It doesn't like, oh, great. Well, when the moment you pick up a guitar, well, that's going to be a whole set. You have to have the guitar. You have to play. No, no. You just do it as, as you wish, you know, uh, as much as you like. If you want to do one whole song, fine. If you want to do like a snippet, Great. If you want to do three snippets, fine, whatever. But uh, why not? I don't say anything wrong with it at all. And if you get the chuckles, you get the laugh. The whole point is you're trying to make the audience laugh. So who cares how it's done? Uh, as long as you're not being cruel or mean about it. Yeah. But as we only mentioned, really, maybe top 10, I think, kind of popular mm. and already exposed and established comedians and actors and musicians who do kind of musical comedy if you have any recommendations yeah. of someone we don't know and we haven't mentioned because i again i think it's a kind of as it's sort of untapped in a way it's not yeah. untapped but it's like you said goes under the radar a lot of the times and there are some that when you find like i didn't find out about bo burnham until much i remember i'd heard about him before then i forgot about him and then when it brought up the whole covid thing i was like oh yeah this guy I was like, oh my god yeah he's so good and then yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I should actually watch some of his other stuff because I've kind of missed it or avoided it. I didn't even know about this pop stars thing, right? I know a lot of my friends, I always recommend um, Flight of the Concords. I introduced it to my wife and she loved that show. And, you know, it's it's a great show, Flight of the Concords. It's so funny and, and, and brilliant, but so understated. So, well, it's New Zealand humor and it's just perfect epitome. Jermaine Clement, you know, Rhett McKenzie, just absolutely brilliant. So I'd really recommend it. Uh, sort of thing and, and then there's old ones like I said before Doug Anthony All-Stars and stuff one of my personal favorites when I was a kid very hard to find uh, I think the show was called Dead and Loving It or something no no Dead and something but it was very hard to find I, I still haven't found a downloadable copy I think it's usually VHS rip it's so uh, but it's uh, it was a lot of fun and that's what I mean they're really enjoyable uh, the things that you can enjoy just like this podcast and if you really enjoy this podcast then you can even help support us by throwing some money our way on Patreon thank you very much and also leaving comments uh, opinions as Igor was saying you can basically say hey uh, here are some other musical acts that you may not have realized or remembered or just forgotten about it how dare you I will now hunt you down which we think is a little excessive and please don't do that but Please uh, leave comments on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Anything else am I forgetting? Or on Podbean, our main platform where yeah. we publish our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Igor Monday. And I've been David Minos. Goodbye. Ciao.